Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Welcome to the pod. It's Arnold Palmer Invitational Week. We're doing something a little new this week. We're starting off with our biggest fades of the week. Mine, until he starts playing better and or we get to a major championship. I'm out on Brooks Kepka. Peter? You stole mine. Brooks Kepka is a dog versus Patrick Reed in a matchup this week. I think there's merit in that. He has not shown up in non-majors, and he just seems like a totally different guy. I'll add Phil Mickelson as a fade this week. I don't think this is a great golf course for him, and I th- still think he's living off name recognition. Uh, the markets are losing respect for him, and I think he's a great fade this week. There we go. You guys are out. This is the Action Network Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel. He's Peter Jennings. We're here to talk some golf. We will get to everything Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. My backyard. I can't wait. I take a laundry basket to everything else on the Florida swing. You know what I do for Bay Hill? I take a pen. I will just like walk into that place. Go, All right, let's go. I mean, it's so easy for me. I cannot wait. One of my favorite weeks of the year. But let's review real quick the Honda Classic. Peter, I know you're a big Sung JM guy, and Sung Jay finally paid off this past week. And uh, this is not a one and done type of guy. This guy's going to go out there and be a really good player for a long time, isn't he? He's going to be a great player because he plays every week, too. I mean, I think he played 35 times last week. It was a key position for me in DFS. I was really happy to see him win. It was quite a, quite the sweat coming down the stretch. Uh, the shot he had out of the bunker on 16 was one of the best golf shots I've seen in a long time. Not a course I'd ever want to play. That seems like a total tilt fest. There's just daunting shots. If you're sweating golfers, it was you know, really tough throughout the week with all the water and just the really high scoring. Uh, I saw it was the first time that a PGA Tour player hasn't shot five under or better uh, in an event in a long time. So yeah, tricky week. Really happy for Sungjae and uh, enjoyed watching uh, our boy Steely, who almost came through. Man, I, okay, a few things off that. First of all, you're absolutely right. A lot of times you watch a PGA Tour event and you're like, man, I want to go play that golf course. PGA National, like, man, I like watching those guys play that golf course while I'm not playing it myself because it is a really difficult test of golf, especially when the wind is blowing. It's a little chilly as it was this past weekend. Sungjae, by the way, doesn't have a home. You talk about a guy who's going to play a lot on the PGA Tour. He he doesn't live anywhere. He lives in whatever city they're having an event that week. And as soon as the event is over, he goes and lives in the next city where they're having the next event. I I mean, the guy is an absolute machine. So I love that. Just the fact that the more times you play, the more chances you have to win. And he's going to give himself 
a lot of chance. And then you mentioned it, Steely. I walked with him a lot this past week, walked with him and Tommy Fleetwood in the final pairing on Sunday for 18 holes. It was great. I got some terrific insights. Steely walked up to me on the third tee box as they were waiting. And we were talking hockey. We were talking college hoops a little bit. And they said, do you want to hear my strategy for today? And I'm sitting there going, yeah. I mean, I don't care if I'm not writing anything. I don't care if I'm not a journalist. I don't care. If I'm just some guy that's standing there, player in the final pairing offers his strategy. He said, look, I'm just going to let Tommy get a little overconfident. He started with two birdies. I'm going to let him fade back a little bit. This is a tournament where no one's going to go out and really grab it. You can be patient. And I just want to be one or two back with about five holes left to play. I'll give myself a chance. That's exactly what he was, by the way. He was one down on the 14th hole with a makeable, about 11-foot birdie putt. Didn't make it. Wound up losing by two, and he told me, by the way, and uh, we can question Tommy Fleetwood a little bit, Peter, for his decision-making on that last hole. Only needed a birdie, and he went for it in two. Steely told me he was down two, and he had to hit a three-wood, taking 20 yards off of it with a big slice and a slice wind and just got too much of it and, and pushed it into the water. But what are you going to do? You can't. He's like, there's no other situation where I'm playing that shot other than down two on the last hole, and I need an eagle. Um, otherwise, he's never hitting that shot. So uh, just uh, some unfortunate circumstances there. But by the way, and I don't ask for much, guys, but one of my favorite pieces I've ever written up on Action Network and actionnetwork.com right now, following Brendan Steele for the week, I had a buddy in town. He made a big bet on Steely, sweated it all weekend. It, it, was, uh, it was really fun to at least uh, kind of be in the heat of the moment there. Yeah, and Steely's obviously a great guy. Must have been a really fun sweat. Obviously, the ending wasn't how you guys wanted it. I was rooting for Steely as well in a lot of regards. But uh, yeah, Fleetwood's decision, you know, was, was a tricky one. He's such a good ball striker, you know, laying up to the left there. It's definitely an option with that sucker pin. But yeah, I'm excited for the Arnold Palmer. Um, by the way, we've not mentioned the biggest news of the week so far, which is, of course, the addition of golf bet. Total donkeys for not leading with this. We're going to get fired for not mentioning this earlier. We're trying to get into everything we're talking about, but golf bet a venture between action network and the PGA tour working together as one. I can't wait. Uh, Our content is going to be, there's going to be more of it. It's going to be better. We're going to be offering more info. As I tweeted early on Monday morning, it's good for action network. It's good for the PGA tour. It's great for the users out there, the betters, uh, even if you're not betting, even if you're just listening to us, because you really like golf and you want to become smarter about it. Yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, give a lot of credit to the PGA Tour. I mean, obviously, we're very thankful. And I think that's an awesome opportunity for the Action Network. The PGA Tour, they've embraced DraftKings. Now they're working with us. Uh, they get it. They understand sports betting is a big part of their product and it creates a lot of engagement. So I think it's really, really smart that they're uh, doing this. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to work with them specifically around the data. I think that's something that we're going to be able to offer. You know, it's really unique insights. And obviously, they have a lot of great data that's super helpful. Yes. So let's get to the guys we actually do like. Arnold Palmer Invitational. And uh, the favorite this week is Rory McIlroy, anywhere from five to one, five and a half to one. Uh, For good reason, he's finished top five in each of his last six worldwide starts. And there's no reason to think that the 2018 champion won't be on top of his game this week. We like him. I mean, it's impossible to go on the pod right now and say we don't like him. I I think it's a given that we like him. How much do we like Rory McIlroy this week? I mean, is it a no doubt about it? Play him, bet him, put him in your DFS lineups, follow him around all week in Orlando, or is it a, I like him, but I like some other guys as well? 
I think he's going to end up in a lot of optimals for DraftKings specifically. Betting him is going to be extremely tough. I mean, five to one is a ridiculous price. He's mm-hmm. also minus two fifteen right now uh, in the markets I'm looking at against Tommy Fleetwood. So uh, you're going to have to lay quite a bit of juice uh, and obviously a, a really big price on Rory uh, this week in any betting market. So it's tough for me there. Uh, we'll see what other uh, opportunities we have. Maybe he doesn't start off uh, as hot and you can get some value on him uh, within the tournament. But from a DFS perspective, when you have a massive, massive favorite like this, and I think Rory is hands down the best golfer in the world. I think Rom, he is no, the number two guy, but Rory clearly to me is the number one golfer in the I'll world. Yeah. And you know, at this point, I think, you know, in DFS, just how many birdies he makes and, you know, his finishing position week to week is just so strong that, yeah, it's hard for me to fade him in DFS. And I think he's easily the class of this field. I mean, you look at, you know, just outright wins. I mean, he's right there. And then in terms of the overall outright market, Tommy Fleetwood's the next guy on the list at 16 to one. So I think Rory's a lock in DFS, but a really tough guy to bet on this week. By the way, I did a piece that's also up on Action Network in the app right now that, uh, looking back, obviously, we know Tiger isn't playing. We know that Tiger is an eight-time winner of this tournament. We can probably presume that Tiger was the favorite on each of those occasions. That would be a correct presumption. Did you know that Tiger at one point, I mean, I went through and looked at his odds, the, the highest odds he ever was as a winner at Bay Hill pre-tournament was, I believe, eight to one. The really? lowest odds, he was minus 110 in 2008. Minus 110. I mean, we used to talk about like, hey, Tiger of the field. It was a cute little talk show fodder type conversation, but it literally was Tiger of the field and the field was plus money against Tiger. That's crazy. And I he mean, won. <laughs> vintage Tiger was, uh, that was it. I mean, it was Tiger versus the field and Rory is going to have a huge challenge to get to there just with the quality of golfers and obviously peak Tiger's the greatest golfer ever, but he is playing some of the best golf that we've ever seen, and I think there's merit in where he's priced. And because of that, there's not a big difference with him, his price on DraftKings. So I, I really like him over there. Peter, I'm going to start reading off everybody after Rory McIlroy. I want you to yell at me and stop me when you hear a player and a number that you like. Tommy Fleetwood, 14 to 1. Bryson DeChambeau, 16 to 1. Adam Scott, 20 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama, 20 to 1. Okay, I'll stop at Matsuyama. I, I think all right. I think all these outrights are are there's probably not much value in them, if any. But Hideki Matsuyama is someone that I'm becoming more and more bullish on. Last time he played at the WGC, he led the field in proximity to the hole. His ball striking is at an all-time elite level, uh, and it has been. And you know that's the the knock on Hideki is he's always hit it great, just can't putt and score as well. But uh, he's made a swing change. He's not doing that dramatic pause hit the ball incredible in Mexico and just really missed so many short putts. And I know he's been a bad putter for a long time, but I'm going to bank on the really good ball striking, especially, uh, you know, in Florida, you have a lot of water ball striking is at a premium. So uh, I like Hideki Matsuyama and he's definitely one of the studs that I'm looking at in DFS. I like him somewhat in matchups too. I think it'll be interesting to see how that moves. He's up against Adam Scott, who has been playing really well, obviously just won at Riv. Uh, right now he's a little bit of a favorite, but I, I do like Matsuyama quite a bit. And I think He's a really interesting master's pick as well. By the way, if anyone out there is wondering how players could be same uh, odds uh, as outright bets, but another, uh, but one of the players could be favored over the other in a matchup, go check out a Q&A that I did with Jeff Sherman at Golf Odds on Twitter, one of the world's foremost authorities on golf handicapping. And he explains exactly how and why that happens. And uh, it's really interesting stuff, whether you've just started betting 
whether you've been betting for a long time, you will learn something from that Q&A with Sherman. I, I agree with you on Matsuyama. If there's two guys that I am very high on and, and see trending in the right direction right now, it's Matsuyama and Bryson DeChambeau. I, I told you a few weeks ago, I, I spoke with Bryson after Riviera. He had finished in fifth place, the Genesis. And he told me, look, when I bulked up, he gained about 25 pounds in the offseason, as we all know. He said, when I bulked up, I immediately started hitting it ridiculously, uh, ridiculous lengths off the tee. And we all understand what kind of distance he's gained. But the wedges weren't coming around for a while. And even the putting just wasn't really coming around. His body hadn't kind of quite figured out how to hit those wedges with the increased uh, mass that he had put on. And he told me at Riviera, I got it now. Uh, this was the week I figured it out, went out the next week, finished in second place in Mexico, had it for a while. And then Patrick Reed came and beat him there. It looked like Bryson might be able to hold him off for a little bit on the back nine there, but a fifth place and second place finish in his last two starts. I am very high on Bryson right now, very high on Hideki right now. Uh, if I don't go with Rory in some DFS lineups, I'll go with those guys again, tough to bet it. 16 to one for Bryson and 20 to one for Hideki, but I might have a little piece of each of those guys. Peter, did you know, and, and we're getting towards kind of the, the bottom of the top tier, the top of the mid tier, I guess we, we could call it. It's kind of this Netherlands right there, but each of the last three weeks, we had sort of this, uh, sort of a guy right there in, in that realm who has won the golf tournament, Adam Scott, 30 to one at the Genesis, Patrick Reed, 40 to one in Mexico and Sung Jm 30 to one at the Honda. Is this sort of a sweet spot that you look for? And if so, is there a guy that kind of fits the trend this week at Bay Hill? I don't necessarily think there's a, a sweet spot. It is interesting. That's what's played out so far this season. Uh, you know, you're just always looking at value relative to what you price the golfer. But yeah, if you're going to go in that range, uh, you know, Sungjae's right there again at 28 to one. Uh, he's interesting in DFS. I've noticed one thing with ownership. People are really fading the previous week winner. And, you know, you just saw Victor Hovland come off a win, play really badly, miss the cut. You know, there's a lot of emotion. I mean, we've talked about that, how, you know, closing out those Sunday rounds when you, and to win a tournament takes a lot out of you. So I do think that's applicable for certain golfers. I don't think it's as applicable for Sungjae just because he's such a machine. And the guy just, like you said, he doesn't have a house. He travels around and, and just plays golf. So I think he's interesting at 28 to 1. I'm off Fowler. I'm off Finau. Uh, I like Byung Han on. Uh, I just wish he wasn't priced at 40 to one in that range. You know, you have him with Henrik Stenson, Justin Rose, which, you know, you said that a couple of years ago, Byung Han on is the same price as Stenson and Justin Rose at Arnie's place. No one would have believed you, but here we are. Uh, last thing as well, I wanted to comment on Bryson. I thought it was really classy that Bryson congratulated Patrick Reed right after winning. Obviously, a gut-wrenching defeat for him, but he's someone I think that's really coming on. And his power, I mean, he has become one of the longest guys out there with the muscle mass and you know, that's way tra the game's trending. And uh, his parents were at Riv at the same hotel I was, and they were super nice as well. So I wanted to, to shout out Bryson for uh, being a classy guy. And his parents were great too. You know, Bryson gets thrown into the same mix as Patrick Reed. People say, oh, I don't like those guys. I don't like Bryson. Pat Patrick has done some things that you can say, Hey, look, if, if you find fault with what Patrick has done, I, I can't find fault with you for uh, deciding not to like it. Bryson, Okay, he plays a little slow sometimes, but he's sped up on that. And okay, sometimes he sounds like he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, but quite frankly, he probably is the smartest guy in the room a lot of the time. I just think it's unfair to treat Bryce in the same light that Patrick has been treated. I think people kind of tend to group them together a little bit. Um, I, I will tell you that I've had interactions with Bryce, and I really like the guy. I, I interviewed him for a bet on yourself piece that's 
up on the Action Network right now that you can read where uh, basically that's exactly what he did in the offseason. That's our motto at the Action Network, bet on yourself. He bet on himself this past offseason, putting on all that weight. He was already an elite player, already a guy who could go out there and win on any given week, but he's betting on himself to get better and improve. And um, I really think it's it's in the process of happening right now. Uh, going back to that kind of mid-range, uh, you know, I, I think top of the mid-range at least, one guy who kind of fits that recent trend, and he was the runner-up at this tournament last year, is Matt Fitzpatrick. I, th- I think Fitzpatrick could have a really strong week. He's played good but not great over the last month, month and a half. You know, nothing really standing out, but I, I think the move to Florida is going to really help him here on this swing. And at 40-1, to 1, he's a guy that I like this week, and, and I like him to play well in the Masters, honestly. I'm not going to pick him to win, probably. Um, but I'm starting to look at guys. You're starting to make the list. People are starting to ask, who do you like at Augusta? And he's at least kind of that short list of guys that, you know, not really a sleeper, but not really a favorite and a guy that, you know, I kind of like to make some noise there. Yeah, I think that's a sharp call. And I mean, he hits the ball really well. And, you know, I don't think he has as much name recognition, which generally suppresses his odds a little bit. So I think that's a sharp call in that range. Uh, he is in that same 40 to one range. And, yeah, it's an interesting group uh, that I'm seeing. Byung Hanan, Stenson, Justin Rose, Leishman, and Fitzpatrick, and just a wide range of golfers. You know, Rose has regressed a lot uh, this season, missed the cut in a brutal way last week. Uh, obviously, has the biggest pedigree. Stenson, you know, this is a course that he historically has just absolutely dominated. So we'll see, uh, or at least played well. You know, you look through and you start going down to the other guys. I want to yeah, get your take get down there a little bit. I want to get your take on Lee Westwood because I was really impressed with him and. You've talked a lot about Lee Westwood. He's in that 66, 70 to 1 range. I think he's intriguing. And then I want to talk about Colin Morikawa. Don't like Lee Westwood this week only because I think last week sort of, last week was a rough one. I mean, last week's like, you know, some weeks getting into contention, it's like going for a swim in your pool. Last week was like swimming in the ocean with like, you know, waves crashed on you. You just get done. You're like, man, I'm white. I need some sleep. And I, I just... For that reason, I don't like Westwood this week. That said, long-term, after speaking with Lee, following the first round, and just seeing that he's in a different frame of mind than he's been throughout most of his career, I mean, he just seems like happier, more confident, more relaxed. I'm ready to bet Lee Westwood for the Open right now. I would I not like be it. surprised if Lee Westwood, who finished in fourth place at the Open Championship last year, goes out. And and pulls an open at, at the time that we least expect it to happen when we figure that at close to 47 years old, he's pretty much done and gone with his chances of ever winning a major championship. So I am bullish long term on Westwood. I'm bearish on him this week, though. And, and looking down the list a little bit more as we get into these 80 to 1, 90 to 1 type of odds, a couple of guys I like Wyndham Clark. He's uh, he's improved at each of his last four starts, including a T11 at the Honda. I think everything's starting to click for him. The best thing about Wyndham Clark is he hits it a really long way and he puts really well. I mean, uh, in between, you do things just average and you're going to be a very good player on tour. Charles Schwartzel starting to come around now, playing his own equipment, not necessarily uh, under contract to anybody. I think that helps him. J.B. Holmes, watch out for J.B. J.B. won last year and then did nothing. No other top 20s the entire year. This year already has three top 20 finishes, so starting to like him. And then the one guy in that range, Peter, I absolutely love, and I can't believe he's at this number, and I should probably jump on him before we even finish this podcast. Scotty Scheffler at 90-1 to 1 this week. 90, 9-0. He's the same as Bud Cauley. He's the same as Joel Damon. Scotty Scheffler, 
this guy's really, really good. Am I missing something? No, you're not missing something. Although I do like Bud Colley. He was going to be one of the guys that I brought up. I think he's playing some really good golf uh, and someone that has a pedigree, just has battled some injuries. And I, I like betting on guys once they've become healthy who had really good pedigrees before. So he's someone I like. But yeah, Scheffler, I mean, everyone talks about how talented he is. And that's a really, really good number. Uh, real quick, I want to circle back. One guy who might have some value depending on the price that you can find is Colin Morikawa. I see some yeah, you you know, him, 50 yeah. to 60 to 1 ranges, and the guy hits it so good. He uh, has not putted well, but he's early in his career, and uh, you know I'm not just going to call him one of the worst putters on tour yet. We'll see what happens. He obviously had that five jack at Riviera that really hurt, but he's a cut-making machine and uh, has some of the best ball-striking stats uh, on tour. So I really love Colin Morikawa in that range. I think he's a really strong DFS play. Uh, getting a little further here, down, here's though. My, here, real quick on Morikawa. Here's my thing on him. He's a West Coast guy. He went to Cal. He played all his collegiate golf there. He's played well on the West Coast so far as a PGA Tour player. Hasn't seen the Florida swing yet. And so I'm not even concerned. I'm just curious how he's going to put on Bermuda, how he's going to play the grass types in Florida. It might really suit him. For all I know, uh, he gets off the West Coast greens, comes to the East Coast, and all of a sudden starts putting lights out. Uh, but you would think coming away from home cooking would be a little tougher on him. So I, I'm just uh, – I'm kind of in a holding pattern for Morikawa as much as I like him long term. I just want to see him play in Florida a little bit before I jump on. I think that's fair, although he ha- he can't putt much worse than he's putted. So <laughs> uh, that's one thing that we'll see what happens. But certainly something you know you should pay attention to. Uh, some guys that I like in the mid-range to a little bit longer odds, you know, you, I, Wyndham Clark, I think, is a really sharp call. Wyndham Clark has been yeah. top 10 in putting this year as well as last year. Uh, great, great putter. It's the ball mile, like you mentioned. I think he shows some really strong value. Uh, and he's actually, you know, moved a little bit from when I first looked at odds this morning. So I think the markets do respect Wyndham Clark. Uh, Bud Colley, I just referenced, and then a couple others. Carlos Ortiz is someone that I think is consistently undervalued, uh, that I, I think has some value. I've seen 100 to 1 all the way up to like 120, 130 to 1 on outrights. Uh, I think he's strong. Harold Varner's played some good golf. He's another one that's kind of in that long shot range uh, that I like as well. You know, didn't have the best weekend uh, last week, but started off. He was, he was up there at the Honda Classic. So uh, Harold Varner is just not closed recently, but Obviously, he's right there at Riviera as well. So the current form for me with Varner is strong. I'm going to give you a guy so far off the radar that I bet a lot of people haven't even heard of him, but he's a good player. And I've gotten to know him really well. Rob Oppenheim, he's 420 to 1 to win this tournament. I don't necessarily think he's going to win. But uh, like I said, to start the pod, I live about 20 minutes from Bay Hill. I'm a member at West Orange Country Club where uh, Rob is also a member. I've seen him play a lot of golf. He finished in ninth place two weeks ago in Puerto Rico. Had things going pretty well. Threw one round of the Honda last week, opened just one over, and then uh, shot 75 to miss the cut. But Rob Oppenheim has played as much golf in the Orlando area as anybody else. He is only 100 over the minimum price in both DraftKings and FanDuel this week. I love it. If you're going for a Stars and Scrubs type lineup, and I hate calling Rob Oppenheim a scrub because uh, he's not at all, but that's what we call those lineups. If you're looking to go uh, a bunch of studs and then – filling in at the bottom of the lineup with uh, just somebody and you need a name. Rob Oppenheim is a name that I think can produce. He can make the cut this week. And I think that could be a really sharp play for somebody who's trying to take down a big GPP in one of those DFS sites. Yeah, I love that. 
And on FanDuel specifically, it really leads like a lot of the top pros and people who are grinding golf on FanDuel. They are going with the stars and scrub strategy. And it makes a lot of sense because of the disparity between the high end salaries and low end salaries. And if you can find a couple of the cheap guys that you like, you can fit in multiple studs. You cannot do that on DraftKings. On FanDuel, you are able to get multiple studs in your lineup. A lot of teams last week, you know, had all the top guys. I mean, they had Kepka Fowler and Fleetwood. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of guys that really go heavy stars and scrubs, which I think makes sense uh, on FanDuel's format. And I like that call. Speaking of FanDuel, speaking of DraftKings, we're about to make our DFS lineup. But first, our colleague Josh Perry has been absolutely on fire lately. We're going to go to him for around the globe in golf, see who he likes on other tours besides the PGA Tour. Josh? The PGA Tour isn't the only bet in town. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport. Here's Josh Perry with the wide world of golf gambling. Okay, we'll take a look at a couple events this week. One on the European Tour, the Qatar Masters. I'm highlighting Andre Arnas. He's around 40-1. to 1. A Spaniard's one of the longest hitters on that tour. Pretty solid with the approach. Just tends to struggle with the, the putter a lot of weeks. One of those events where, where T to Green is going to be really important. Uh, he was 14th last year here, albeit on a different course, but should uh, require a similar skill set that should uh, suit his game. We'll also take a look at Antoine Rosner. He's around 100 to 1 in most places. Similar skill set there. Really good with the TA ball. Really good with the approach. Tends to struggle with the putter. But he's coming off a 10th place finish last week, so he should be in pretty good form. We'll also take a look at the Champions Tour with the Hogue Classic, and I'll highlight Rod Pampling there and get him around 18, 20 to 1, somewhere in that range. Pampling's coming off a third place finish last week in Tucson, and, and recent form tends to be even more important for me with the Champions Tour. You tend to see the, the similar guys pop up on the leaderboards every single week, regardless of course history. Bernard Longer, Fred Couples, Woody Austin, they're they're usually in the top 10 every week. So when you see a guy who's playing well, you tend to ride him until they fall off a bit. Pampling's also one of the younger guys on tour, uh, just turned 50 recently. So with the tour going back-to-back weeks, uh, that can play a factor with that recovery time. So I'll tend to lean with the younger guys. Sometimes that gives you a little bit of an edge there on weeks like this. A couple guys in, in Europe with uh, Rosner and Arnas, and we'll take a look at Pampling on the Champions Tour and see if we can catch a winner. Thank you, Josh. Been loving those picks lately. You might want to tell Josh because he's been, like I said, red hot. He's hot on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's got that tour dialed in. Yeah, I mean, which is really smart. Look, I people joke all the time like, oh, do you even bet like WNBA? Do you bet this? Do you, I, I go, you know what? Wherever you can find an edge, it's a smart way to bet. And if you can find an edge on the Corn Ferry Tour, the LET, you can find something on the Sunshine Tour in South Africa, whatever works for you, and it's been working for Josh lately. Go for it. So I, I am all in favor of doing that. You ready to make a DFS lineup, Peter? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely ready. I'm excited. I think this is going to be a lot of fun and some really big tournaments this week. All right. You get the first pick. Who do you want? I'm going Rory. I'm just, I think he is a slam dunk from an equity standpoint. Uh, in cash games, I think you're going to want a lot of exposure to him. Uh, he's clearly the class of the field like we talked about. And it's not like there's a huge gap. There's a big gap, $800, but... Rory should be thousands more. Uh, he should be way more expensive right. than the next guy. And I think he's uh, a lock this week for me. I'm going with a guy that just has way too much value for me this week. Scotty Scheffler, as I mentioned, is just, he's way better than what he's priced at, both on the uh, odds makers boards and in DFS, 7,700 on DraftKings. Lock it in, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I think that's a, a great call. Um, someone that I, I think 
you know, is going to win a decent bit on the PGA Tour. I think he has that talent, and and I hope that that comes to fruition. We need to save some money. I I, I obviously spent a lot of it with Rory, who I think makes a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. I'll go down. Um, I'll go with Von Taylor, who I think is someone that is not the sexiest player, but he's a consistent grinder. Uh, played well at the Genesis. Decent showing at the Honda. Was very consistent there. Uh, he's seventy two hundred. Uh, I like Von Taylor uh, in a lot of formats, and uh, he's a nice uh, savings this week. I don't love it, Peter. I only say I don't love it just because you and I agree on way too much stuff usually, so I'm just going to say I don't love it. What what, what, what do you like about Von Taylor? I I, I think I just like other guys better, uh, I think is what it comes down to. It's not that I hate Von Taylor. I just don't think I'd look down the list and pick him out as a guy that I think would take it down. That said – Vaughn Taylor's final round scoring average has got to be terrific this year. He's put together a couple of really nice final round numbers that uh, if he does get through to the weekend, watch out. Because if he's in like 30th place, all of a sudden he sneaks in with a 64 on Sunday afternoon, he could be top 10 by the end of the day. A guy that we both like a lot this week, again, saving a little money and there's some value here coming off a uh, T11 finish at the Honda. Wyndham Clark talked about him earlier. Drives it really well, puts it really well. I almost don't care what he does the rest of the time. 7,700. Yeah, I was looking at him. I uh, was really considering taking uh, Wyndham Clark, who his ownership started to kind of go up, which is interesting. He, obviously, his play has gone up, uh, but people are starting to take notice, but he's low-owned still in the cheaper buy-in stuff, which I think you can find an edge. Uh, you know, A lot of these guys that don't have as much name recognition might be higher-owned in some of the mid-to-high stakes, but the lower buy-in uh, tournaments – Guys like Wyndham Clark are going to come in lower owned. So I like that call quite a bit. Do you have a preference out of Bud Colley and Harold Varner? Who would you take out of those two? Bud Colley. Take the Florida kid. I okay. mean, I love Harold Varner, but let's take Bud Colley. Okay. Bud Colley, I left you in kind of a range. I left you at the exact amount of salary of Lee Westwood, but you are not high in Lee Westwood. So where are you going? We have 8200 I'll stay up near the top. I'm going to save, uh, I'm going to leave $200 on the table. I'm going to like take it. Billy Horschel this week. Uh, didn't quite come through for us last week. I think we might have had him in the lineup. I know I had him in we a did. bunch of lineups last week. Thought Billy would play really well. He played well. Didn't play great. I expected to be better this week. He's a Florida kid. Plays his best golf in the Sunshine State. So I think Billy Horschel is going to have a nice week. So there's your lineup. Going down the list, we've got Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Vaughn Taylor, Wyndham Clark, Bud Cauley, Billy Horschel. Peter, you like that? You cool with that? I'm very cool that I think uh, we got the the ace that you need in Rory, and there's some really nice value, and I think we both have conviction on Wyndham Clark this week, uh, who's been playing great. And, uh, yeah, I think we have a really, really nice lineup, and you can still get some nice names. I mean, we have some real talent, and we have Rory, who is by far the class of the field. So I, I love this team. Let's go ship it at the API. If you're coming out to Bay Hill this week, come find me and say hi. I'll be there all week. I can't wait to get out to Arnie's place this week. Thanks again for listening to the golf edition of the Action Network podcast. Remember, our show is always available. Listen and download on Spotify. Good luck betting the API this weekend. We'll see you again next week. We're finished talking.